Father, I come before you this day, in this season, to celebrate with all of your saints this precious time. A time that equipped us to do what we cannot do in our flesh. A time to celebrate the honor and privilege of knowing a savior that the rest of the world don't know. And if they knew who you were, they will do different than what they're doing. Just like the Jews and the Romans didn't know who you were and thought that they could put you to the cross and kill you. So as we today who don't know who you are and we live life according to the course of this world. But Father, I pray that your spirit will come upon us so strong this day, it would bring conviction to change. We will no longer want to live as we've lived in the past, but we want to come up higher and soar in your spirit. So I pray, Father, that you would use me as a vessel today to speak out your gospel, the gospel message that will bring good news as well as conviction so that we can live a higher life in you. So I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Okay, um, well, I'm, I'm not just speaking when I say I am overcome by the Spirit right now. Glory to his name. Today's message is called Victory Over Death. Amen. And the supporting chapter of scripture is 1 Corinthians 15, verses 51 through 58. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know when the Holy Spirit is in the house, all the preparation before service and, the, and then the beginning part of service, everything lines up and no one got together to see what the other was going to do. We don't have to. If we're serving the same God, have the same faith, the same Holy Spirit, he's gonna lead and guide us in the path he wants us to go in and there's gonna be unity. Amen. Hallelujah, Amen. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Now, during this season, Religion will have you view Cal Calvary and Jesus' crucifixion with great remorse for Jesus for all of his suffering. But Christianity will have you rejoicing and thanking God for his plan and Jesus for his great divinity that empowered us to come, empowered him, I'm sorry, to come as a human and suffer on behalf of everything that we will face, facing, or will face for our freedom and liberation and redemption. I'm gonna to have to say this again in case you miss something, okay? Religion have you to do one thing, but Christianity has you to focus on the things of the spirit that will empower you to live out the freedom and the liberation that Jesus provided and the redemption that he provided on the cross. Religion will spend Good Friday and Resurrection Sabbath draping the church's altars and pulpits 
with black and purple cloth and a spirit of remorse, reverence, and revere. It's like we're feeling so sorry for what Jesus went through. That's religion. Christianity will have you draping the altar and pulpit area with white, gold, blue, and red. For white represents the purity of Jesus. Gold represents Jesus' perfection. Blue represents Jesus' holiness. And red represents Jesus' blood. The cleansing factor for all believers and for our benefit to become as he is. You see... Religion have you to focus on superficial things, ex ex external things that means nothing, but Christianity have you to go into the deeper things of Christ to come to know who Christ is and all that he's done for us so we can live a victorious life in a broken world. Yeah. Amen. 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 So we have every reason today to celebrate Jesus going to the cross. This is a season that we should be celebrating with gratitude, thanksgiving, and rejoicing. You're going to feel sorry for the one who saved you because of his suffering. Do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? Feel sorry for yourself if you haven't comprehend the power of what Jesus has done on the cross. That's who you need to feel sorry for. You need to feel sorry for others who have not come into the understanding of who Jesus is and all that he has done for us through the cross, through his blood. Amen? Amen. If Jesus hadn't sacrificed his body and blood by the way of the cross, we would be lost. There would be no hope or future. Probably we wouldn't even be existing. But because he did this, we have the opportunity to live. So we must rejoice and celebrate Jesus' death on the cross. Because since he lives, we live. Because he rose from the dead, we can rise from the dead and bondages of life. Such as all addiction. And I'm not just talking about from alcohol or drugs. Some of us are addicted to bad personalities. Some of us are addicted to other human beings. Some of us are addicted to money. Some of us are addicted to things. Some of us are addicted to traditions. All of these things that provide you no peace, momentary happiness, but no peace and definitely no joy. Amen. He has delivered us from fear. Yes. If God be for you, who can be against you? The joy of the Lord should be your salvation, not the fear of what's going on in the natural forces. Because it cannot do nothing for you like what our Savior will do for your soul. Amen. And, and, and certain kinds of uh, na our broken nature, our lost nature. We came in the world with a broken nature, lost. But once our eyes is open to the Savior, Jesus Christ, now we are no longer lost or broken. We have a divine nature. 
Why wouldn't you be celebrating in remembrance of what he has done for us to live like we can live in this day? Amen. Because he made a way for us to become a new creation in Christ Jesus. We don't have to be the same. If you choose to be the same, you will be the same. But when you hear the good news of the gospel, it should take you out of what you've been doing, how you've been thinking, and how you've been performing. So now you can be. You don't have to perform any longer. You can be righteous. You were marked righteous. You can be what you need to be in Christ Jesus. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection give us the authority in his name and the power in the Holy Ghost to admit your sin. You thought I was going to talk about performing ministry. <laughs> First thing we need to do to admit our sin, but you can't do it in your flesh. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. But Jesus paid the way for that. He's made those provisions for us. Why aren't we using those provisions? You use the government provisions. So let's use God's provisions. Amen. So he's given us through the Holy Ghost the ability to admit your sin, confess your sin, and then quit it through the power of the cross. Why would Jesus... Make that great sacrifice for our freedom and not leave you a way to handle it when he goes back to heaven. You are operating and walking in sin by choice, not by power. Because he's given us power over the spirit of darkness. He's given us a free will to be able to say no. And he's given us the authority in his name to declare that no means no. Amen. Jesus didn't sacrifice the cross and the tomb for us to feel sorry for him. But for us to accept Jesus and by the power of the Holy Ghost come out of bondage and to freedom in Christ. Amen. Now, God loved us so much that he made a way for us to live with a healthy mindset, free from sin and stress and from the power of death, which means for a believer, death from this earth isn't a destroying act for we have been transferred or transformed into a new person. Okay, that means we have been translated, transformed by the spirit of the living God. Okay, so we are now right here positioned with Christ in heavenly places. Now, you all may not believe that, but Colossians 1, 13 states that the Father have delivered us from the power of darkness and have translated, means transfer, he's taking you from darkness into light into the kingdom of his dear son. His kingdom is different from this worldly kingdom. Now, if you are so attached to this worldly kingdom, 
then you can't begin to realize the kingdom of God. And I keep seeing there are two powers on this earth. The power of Satan, which is the, the things of the earth that tells you to operate out of carnality and flesh, and the power of our Father, which tells us how to operate in the spirit. Now, what do I mean when I say operate in the spirit? I'm not talking about where you, oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you are able to exercise self-control. Where you're able to speak truth rather than lies. Where you're able to expose and stop covering. Where you hunger and thirst for that that is righteous, not for the things of Satan. Because that hunger and thirst will cause you to overpower what God has prepared for you and planned for you to have. Don't say you, it's just in me. Not as a believer. Because you can come out of anything. He's given us the power to be able to res- resist temptation. Amen. We've been positioned in the glory of God, given rights by the blood of Jesus to declare righteousness, even though our flesh is weak. Our thoughts are selfish and shallow, and we focus on lust, lustful things and not on the power of God. The power of God enables us to do what we cannot do in our flesh. But you got to learn to open your mouth and speak out what he says we can do and stop just going along talking about, well, okay. Jesus' name gives us rights to speak, declare, and petition God's court. God's court is the highest court in the universe. On our behalf, on which we seldom use, we have the right to speak what God says, and it will annihilate the evil and the temptation. When we speak God's word, his word overrides any other fact. The only reason that you don't see it is because you don't believe it. And I'm not saying speaking it out of resuscitation and tradition, speaking it out of a place of faith because you trust the Savior you say you are named after. So when we speak those things, God has to perform them because those are the things he have written and given to us. So when you, go to, when you go to a natural court and you petition the judge, he has to honor that petition and recognize it. It's the same when we go to the court of heaven. And, you, and the good news is you're not coming to the court of heaven with your plan. You're coming with God's word, and he has to honor it because he's a man of his word. So instead of going to his court, speaking the devil's language, such as, I can't, I feel, he or she always, my rights, my, fill in the blanks, it's not fair. My disease, my sickness, I hear people say, my high blood pressure my diabetes. Why are you taking claim to something that Satan is the author of it? I I don't take claim to something that I wasn't born with. Amen. 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 I can never forgive them for that. Therefore, you would not say, I'm sorry. 
You never can say you're sorry. Even if you think what you did wasn't wrong, but it offended the other person, it's not about what you think, it's what, how has it affected the other person? Can you not say, I'm sorry, Amen. okay? We'll not even consider reconciling, but yet Jesus reconciled us back to the Father by the cross. Amen. And you have the audacity to not want to reconcile your relationship with other people? will not ask God to strengthen you, encourage you, and help you to change, to empower you with his truth, not your truth. Amen. <laughs> with his truth. Always speaking the complaints and the problems. Okay, let's, let's go over to Ephesians 4 and see what Paul has to say about that. You, you know, because it's a fact and it's existing, doesn't make it a truth. Amen. And when you don't speak it, it's not that you're in denial of it happening. When you speak, God, speak God's word, you're saying, I want your word to override what is happening. And that's what I choose to receive. And that's what I choose to believe. So Ephesians uh, 4, verse 29 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, this is not just talking about as you speak to other people, that you don't want to speak corrupt communication to them because you are a believer and we're supposed to speak words of edification and grace, but you don't want to even speak them to yourself. So when, because we are creatures of habits and what we've been practicing all of our lives is the first thing that's going to surface. But what you can do is stop before it goes any further and say, Father, I cast down vain imagination and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I refuse to receive that. When you say that, now he is obligated to perform it in you. So it stops you from speaking, and you say it. I don't care how many times you have to say it. You do it until you have been stopped from saying what you've been accustomed to saying. Amen. 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 Now, if we have been transferred, translated from one kingdom, which is the kingdom of darkness, which is the author of all of those little negative things I just spoke out, it didn't come from heaven, okay? But if we've been transferred and translated from that kingdom which is of satan to the kingdom of heaven we must fight and stand against the forces that pull us into sin Amen. you see sin pulls you back sin pulls you back it always keep you focusing on remember when <laughs> okay it keeps you focusing on what was behind and not what is ahead. Yeah. I heard a speaker on radio was talking about if you're driving a car, you can't be looking in your rearview mirror going forward. And with Christ, we're going forward, not backwards. Amen. So if you want to stay focused on the past, on the history, you're never going to get to the destination that God has set for your life. Amen. Okay? So we, we cannot focus on on those things that made your flesh feel good all the time. Because they're not satisfying. Yes. If they were satisfying, you would never return to Satan's sin camp. Thank you, you got it. Amen. The Lord satisfies. Yes. 
Therefore, you do not long for or crave for any good thing when the Lord satisfies you. Okay? Now, how do I know that? Let's go over to Psalms 23, which I think is a song of life, not for burial. Okay, so Psalms 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, so that can't apply to you when you're dead. If he's my shepherd, a shepherd is a person who takes care of the sheep because sheep are dumb and they're automatically lost. And without direction, they don't know what to do and where to go. So the Lord takes care of us just like a shepherd will do sheep. Okay? It says, so when you get into a certain place, he'll make you lie down in green pastures. He'll make you lie down where it's cool and calming and comfortable. And he'll lead you beside the calming waters. That means when you go to him, he will give you something out of his word that will bring you peace and comfort and satisfaction. And allow you to lay there and contemplate it on it long enough that you can escape the snare of the devil. Okay? It says he restores your soul. He leadeth you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He restored our soul on the cross. Your, Your soul, if you are a believer, has already been restored from the cross and from the blood of Jesus. Now all you have to do is follow the path that he's laid out for you, and that path is righteousness. You were marked righteous, follow the path. You don't have to try to be righteous and act righteous. Follow the path that's set before you. Righteousness will prevail. Your righteousness is not by how you sound and how you perform and the things that you do. It's by your understanding and your faith in Jesus Christ that you receive, that you can walk in it. Amen. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. The valley are all of the things of hell that we are going to deal with in life. He never said, I'm going to take that away from you. I'm going to give you the ability to walk through and come out because I'm going to be with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always with you, and I'm going to be in that valley with you. You can't go so low that God is not going to be there, and you certainly can't go so high that he's not going to be with you. So he says, you're going through the valley, but don't worry and don't fret. I'm with you, and the valley is only letting you see how much you actually have in me and how I can deliver you from it so I'm preparing you for greater things. I can't prepare you for the greater when all you experience is mountaintop experiences. You got to go through the valley because the valley is working out some of them personality traits that you have taken on since you've been in the world. He says, but don't fret. I'm with you. And I have a staff and a rod to comfort you. So what did he mean? He says, I have a staff that when you're in going in the wrong area and following the snare of temptation, that staff, staff catches you. Pull you back to me, your shepherd. I have a rod of correction. We don't want the correction. All we want to hear is good stuff, but we don't want the correction. He sends out his correction. And let me tell you, for you super saints, that the only time that you can take correction is when you think Jesus is speaking directly to you. If you, if, if you were listening to him all the time, he wouldn't have to speak correction to you. 
And the fact that you need correction means you ain't as super as you think you are. But God chases those whom he loves because he wants us to be right. Remember, we have a divine nature but having a human experience. And as a human experience, we're going to falter and fall. And we need to know that our shepherd said, I got you. I'm pulling you back and right standing with me. He says, I prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You don't have to fret about your enemies. <laughs> he says, because I'm going to let you dine sufficiently right in the midst of them. Now, I'm not talking about supper table. Food. Oh, glory. I'm talking about the table of the word. Hallelujah. Glory to his name. He says that you will be able to sit in the midst of these things and not be tampered. You will not utterly fall. Glory. Because I have anointed your head with my oil so that your cup runneth over. That means you are full with the blessings of the Lord, with his truth. So that your cup runneth over. You don't want to come be in there with a cup that's partially full. That means you are so filled with the Holy Spirit. You are such a believer in the Holy Spirit. You lean and depend on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes forth and do what he needs to do. That's the overflow. Not you going in there with your ability. With what you think you know. No, I've given it over to you, Father. And you have your way in it. So he will be able to do what is necessary to do to set you free from the bondages of hell. And then he ends, it was surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. You know, mercy is when God has pity on us. There are times when he really need to have pity on us because we're so blinded we can't even see our own wrong. Aren't you glad he has pity on us? That one of the benefits is that we get his mercy. Because there are times when we're blind and we don't see. And his mercy allow us to, to get free from that. And he won't uh, punish us because of our blindness to the truth. This is what unbelievers operate in all the time. A blindness to the truth. Amen. But it's up to the believers to bring forth the truth before them. And if you know people and you're close to people who are blinded by this world and you don't speak the truth, but you know the truth, I'm scared of that. So David says, surely goodness and mercy should follow me all the days of my life. And I will, I will. He has conditioned his will to be in agreement with God's will. You have to will yourself to do some things sometimes. Don't say, well, if... And if God says so, or if if I feel, no, I will myself to stop being angry. I will myself. And Holy Spirit, I'm trusting in you to work it in me. Give me a word in your word that fits this situation for me to hang on until my eyes see the change and my ears hear the change. Amen. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, remember, I was talking about how God has given us a way of escape. 
And what I'm, I'm not saying that we're never going to have temptations and afflictions. Yes, we are. Why would you have faith if you were never going to face anything? Why would he give us faith if we're never going to face anything in life? He's given us faith to overcome what he has already overcome. All right? So we're going to have temptations and we're going to have afflictions. However, the spirit of, dark, the spirit of darkness keeping power and damage will be predicated on how we respond and react to the attacks. We were given a way of escape through or by the cross, the blood, and the resurrection. Um, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13 says, They have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. That means the temptations that you be tempted by is what's common to you. Y'all get that? I'm not talking about somebody else's weakness and temptations. I'm talking about the temptations that you've been, you were dwelling in before you came to Christ. Our faults, our flaws, uh, the things that turn us on, okay? Those are the things that will come back to try to tempt you after Christ. He says, so they're not, they're common unto man, but God is faithful. That means he will not let us be overtaken. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. You are able to overcome those things that has been common to you. He's going to make make a way of escape. But will with the temptations also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, what do you mean by bear it? It's because the greatest death that we're ever going to suffer as a believer is dying to our flesh, our temptation, and to the course of this world. When we have overcome that, the death of our body is nothing because our soul will live on. And not only that, we get a new body. We get a new glorified body to live eternally with God. So the greatest battle we got of fighting death is breathing here on earth, coming against the soul ties, the strongholds, the self-will. That's the death that we're battling. And that's the one that causes pain because there's some things about us we've been doing for a long time. And so when God begins to pull them, they're suffering. (laughs) Glory. But he said, even in that. I'm with you, okay? And when you get free from it, glory, you have defeated death. You have defeated death. Amen? Amen. Glory to his name. Now, help me, Holy Ghost. First, go over to 1 Corinthians 15. That's why death has no sting for a Christian. Amen? If you died already. On earth. So when, the, when that breath leaves you and this old body decays, that's nothing. Because you get a new glorified body. And your soul lives on in eternal bliss with the Lord. Okay? So, okay, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 15 and I'm, um, I'm going to read this. Because Jesus didn't, didn't, didn't make his sacrifice for naught. 
for us to take this time and like celebrate. Oh, poor Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm glad it was you because we couldn't have stand it. And it was us that should have been on the cross, not him. Okay. So 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be all changed. So Paul is saying, I'm going to show you a new revelation that I've gotten out of the gospel from Jesus Christ. That we should not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In other words, okay, let me read two, and that will help you understand it even more. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump of the trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So he says, some of us are going to have already left this earth, and some of us will still be living in the earth, but as all believers, we shall all be changed, where we will lose that that corruptible body and get a new <laughs> incorruptible body, okay? Now, what we need to understand, that trump is a trump. It's the first one, but it's not the main one that we need to be concerned about. So if you are going to be caught up with Christ at that first trumpet call, you're safe, okay? Okay, let me finish reading and then I'll go back. He says, in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put on incorruption and this mortal must be put on immortality. So when the corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal should have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is thy sting? O oh, grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye standfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain or futile in the Lord. Okay, so... What, 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 what are we saying? After Paul gets this new revelation, he's trying to let them know that there's a first trump that's going to come, and that is for believers. And the ones who have already gone to their grave and the ones who are still living to be caught up with Jesus and to the heavenlies. And, and so you have to release this corruptible body because he's going to give us a new body, a new body of glorification, Okay. But, uh, but those who are, are lost, they're going to be around for the second trump, trumpet call, and that's the judgment call, okay? And, 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 and so you want to make sure that you are saved so that you are not sub subject to the suffering that the people who are left behind for that second trumpet call who are going to suffer greatly. You think you're suffering now? Who are really going to suffer at that second trump? call. Uh, hold your place there in Corinthians, and let's go over to 1 Thessalonians 4. For our guests, I, I, I'm a teacher more than I am a preacher, and I think God wants us to have some truth and not to be uh, have our emotions tickled. Amen. Thank you. He wants us to have some truth so that we can live victoriously on this side of heaven. 1 Thess Thessalonians 4. Uh, verses uh, 16. I'm going to go from 16 to 18. It says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
Okay, this is the same thing we're reading in verse Corinthians. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So we're going to be moved from the second trumpet call. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. In other words, it's like when people pass away who passed in Christ, this is what we need to comfort them with, that that, that old body is gone, but that person is gone on to eternity, and it is not a loss. It's only a loss when people die out of Christ, okay? So that's why we, do, we got it all reversed around. We should be rejoicing when they leave here in Christ because they're going to be going to heaven, and we should be crying when the babies come in because they're getting ready to face hell. <laughs> And so that's why he tells us to comfort each other. So we, 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 we understand what, what uh, Paul is saying in Corinthians. Go back over to Corinthians 15, that you're going to release that corruptible body, and you're going to take on a new body, glory, that will not be subject to corruption or immorality and because death represents, when it says the sting of death, the sting of death is sin. That's what the sting of death is, is sin. So if there's sin that's overriding and is running you, then you will feel the death when you get ready to leave here to go to eternity because you either go into eternity in heaven or eternity in, in hell. And if you're going into eternity in hell, you're going to feel the sting from your sin and death is going to hurt. But if you are in eternity with heaven, there is no sting. It's been taken away and it's swallowed up in the victory of the cross and the blood. Now, you've got to remember that the reason why we even have to go through this is by what happened in the garden with Adam and Eve. See, they were in an uncorruptible body living in pure righteousness until they fell prey to Satan's, okay? And when they did, when they allowed Satan to deceive them and tempt them to do what was wrong, then it caused all mankind, all humanity, to be born in sin and come in with a corruptible body, amen? And so this is why the plan had to come for Jesus. This is why we can't talk about the blood of Jesus and the cross of Jesus too much because that is the plan that delivered us from the curse of the original sin that happened in the garden and deliver us from death and hell into victory in Christ with an uncorruptible body, with righteousness to live on in eternity with have in heaven with Jesus Christ. And that's why I said there is no temptation that can come to us as a believer that caused us to fall. Why? Because he said, if you confess your sins to me, I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. This is why you cannot allow pride and arrogance to keep you from confessing what you're saying or doing wrong, thinking you are right. Your thoughts did not deliver you on the cross. The blood delivered you on the cross. So you need to release your thoughts and take on the thought of Christ so that you can be free from sin and death because you may be having a good time right now momentarily sinning and doing what you please, but you're going to pay the piper at the end. Don't be deceived. You're going to pay the piper at the end. So choose now this day 
Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Jesus Christ, the one who provided victory, the one who provided a way of escape, the one who's given you overcoming power here on this side of heaven, the one who has prepared a place for you in heaven? Where that you will have a new glorified body. Not only a new glorified body, but where your soul will live forever, forever and ever in Christ. Do not let the things of this world, sin, sex, fear, all of that stuff, hinder your progress of where you can end up at the end. There is an end. Don't think this life is it. There is an end that is coming. And you want to be what it says in, in Isaiah, where, let me, let's turn over there real quick. Isaiah 25, 8. Yes, Jesus. 25, 8. He will swallow up death in victory, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people should be taken away from off all the earth, for the Lord have spoken it. Amen. Okay, one more scripture. Roman 8. Because I have to give some, some scriptures to support what I'm saying. So you become a believer of the truth. Romans 8, 21 through 24. Says, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption and the glorious liberty of the children of God. See, all of earth is waiting for the church believers to get it right and to walk in the righteousness. Nature is waiting for us. The air is waiting for us. When believers get it right, all of nature fall in line to how they were supposed to act before the fall in the garden. We are dealing with some things in the air and in, in nature and everything else because of sin. When we, the believers, get it right, then everything will profit. The whole world, while they're talking about global warning, God is control over this earth. You want things to be right, you give it to him, you put it in his hands. You don't make a decision to decrease humanity because there's too many people on the earth in order to change global warning. No, what we need to do is change our ways, confess our sin, turn from our wicked ways, and turn back to God. He'll fix the elements in the air and everything else. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Romans 8, 21. Okay, let me go back. Um, 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travail and pain together until now. They're not doing what they originally was created to do. This is why animals attack. They were not created originally to do that attack. They do everything off course because they're being led by the spirit of darkness, just like we are. And when the church get it right, they will go back to the natural habitat that God had created them to be and to do. And it's all waiting for mankind. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruit of the spirit. That means the spirit of Jesus Christ. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit 
the redemption of our body. In other words, before you got saved, all of the things you thought you were craving for was not what you were looking for, but you were craving and you were groaning for something different. You just didn't know what it was. That's why the church has to go out and tell people what they really need because you don't know till you get it. After you get Jesus Christ, that's when you realize, I really wasn't looking for no man. I really didn't need the money. I really wasn't looking for, uh, 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 for somebody to affirm who I am through another human being. I needed Jesus. Because after I got Jesus, I didn't need none of it. He is the fulfiller. The other becomes a bonus. Glory. You don't depend on mankind to affirm who you are as a human being. Mankind didn't create you. Your Lord and Savior created you. And then he did more than that. He restored you from where you became a fallen person. And then he gave you the ability to overcome fallingness and everything else that want to drag you down and keep you in the pit of hell before you actually go to hell. We put too much credence in natural stuff and not enough in the things of the spirit. God said, I will suspend you over this hell that's on this earth. I will take you up and you, and you and that people don't even know. You have been suspended and soaring in heavenly places and they can't touch you. He says, you follow my way. I'll make your enemies a footstool for you. And they'll come back. They'll come back and, and, want, and want to change because of the fact that you had your eyes open in the name of Jesus. Let me tell you. Okay, I'm going to tell you this story after I finish reading the scripture. <laughs> it, 24 says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why do he yet hope for it? If you can see it, there's no need for you to hope. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell this little story, and then I'm going to climax it so we can um, have our children's play. But I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to um, put somebody's business out there. But it was, it was, it was said to me, like, uh, because of a relative that uh, they didn't want to share light on their wrong and say anything because they're more concerned about maintaining that relationship with that person. <laughs> Glory. And that's what a whole lot of folks, you see wrong, you know it's an error, but you don't want to be out with a relative or a friend, so you just close a blind eye, shut your ears off from it, and not bring truth to fact. Well, that means you care more about your relationship than you do their souls. And I don't want no friends like that Amen. or no relatives. I want to tell you, when, when my daughter, the, the one who lives here in Michigan, is, is out of order and saying she don't want to hear it, and I know she don't, she's not listening to me, she don't want to hear what I have to say, I shut up and give it to God, and then I, sometimes I call her sister and tell her, you need to talk to her. But I shut up because she shuts up and won't talk to me because the enemy has closed her mouth and her senses to tune me out. Amen. 
Do you think I'm going, well, okay, just let her be. Let her just, no, 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 no. I care more about her soul than whether she's, in, she's pleased with me. And they all know that. All of my children know. I, I'm not concerned about you being so pleased with me. I want you to be pleased with God. So I'm not going to leave it alone. I'm going to go further in the spirit realm. I'm not going to press my presence on you with my voice, but I'm going into the spirit realm and declare some things. Now, if you open your mouth and say something to me, I'm going to respond what I think is a righteous word, whether you want to hear it or not. If you don't want to hear it, then don't talk to me. Because I'm more concerned about your soul than your attitude right now and how pleased you are with me. Because I don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. So my being, you being pleased with me and I'm happy with you because that's false peace. No, ain't neither one of us happy. Because you can tell the difference because when she come out of her funk, because the Lord has done his will and his work in her. And I, you know what my prayer is? Convict her, Lord. Amen. Convict him, Lord. When, they're, when I know they're wrong in an error, but they don't want to listen. And let me tell you, the Lord will do thus so. And when she comes out, the fellowship is totally different when the peace of God is residing from when we got false peace in order just to be in each other's presence. I don't want to be in your presence if it's going to cause your soul to go to hell. Our loyalty should not be greater to people and relatives than it is to the Lord. Loyalty belongs to God first. And once you get that right, two things will happen. One is you will have a righteous kind of loyalty to others. And second, he will make your enemies to become your footstool. Matthew twenty two forty four talks about your enemies becoming your footstool. Stop trying to go around here having false peace. Yes. I'm not telling you to create havoc by fussing and fighting. I'm not talking about that because then we all are operating out of flesh. But I'm talking about you take that mess to the Lord in prayer. And you declare some things and because when you tell them now, you know that this isn't right, such and such and such, and they want to shut down or go to God on them. I know God will convict them. I've done it too many times. And in some occasions, they have come right back around. I'm sorry. Would you forgive me? Because God works. He will do what is righteous. He will turn the hearts of kings in the way of righteousness for his sake. Not for your sake, but for his sake. But when your will lines up with his will, he will give you the desires of your heart. You can't say I'm walking for Christ, but lining your will up with a man or a woman that is out of Christ. This is why when a believer and an unbeliever live in the same household, there is chaos and hell. Because God never intended for sin and righteousness to dwell together. And there will not be any unity. It can only be unity when we're on one accord. 
And this is why you got to be truthful. You got to go to your prayer closet to draw them out. You don't follow the way for the sake of false peace. You follow God's way so you can have peace. And you go to your prayer closet and you ask God how to handle this, how to pray for that situation, how to draw them in unto him. Because neither one of you knew that there was going to be a divide when you first got married because everybody probably was on one accord at that time. I would like to think you didn't go and get the wrong person when you knew the word. So because of that, he is going to work it out. He will work it out. You started out on the same playing field. Okay, unsaved. One got saved and the other. God will work that out. And he will work it out quickly when you trust in him and you depend on him. And he does want to work it out. You don't have to go to divorce court. Because God's court is the highest court. And if you learn that, that he has a court and you can go up there and petition him and appeal, then you can have what you want, what you need, and what you say because it lines up with, with God's word. We cannot be more concerned about a relationship and a friendship when souls are going straight to hell. Amen. I'm going to leave you on a good note. But I pray, Lord, you convict the spirits that need to be convicted in the name of Jesus. I heard uh, uh, on the radio the other day, on Christian radio, that the book of Acts is the only book that does not end with an amen. So I looked it up, and it was right. You know why? Because in that book is where miracles are being established, and the church was established. It's not the end. <laughs> Glory! Okay, God wants us to continue to flow with the Pentecostal season. Now we are coming out of Passover. You know what Passover meant? It meant that the death angel passes over. Don't stop at your house. Hallelujah, Jesus! If we're in the season of Passover, where the death angel has to pass over, sin, death, all of that has to submit to the name of Jesus Christ. Let us look at that and face that and declare no disease, no virus, no nothing can infect the place where the blood of the lamb is resonating. So what you need to do Declare, this is what I've been doing over the church and everybody's family. I don't know your names, but I like everybody that are part of the Reconciled Church or visit the Reconciled Church. I've been pleading the blood over you and your family and your household and the blood over this house. When we plead the blood of Jesus, remember when you partake what I've done for you. I plead the blood of Jesus. So the, nothing can get past the blood of Jesus. If you believe, if you believe, I believe in the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe in the power of Jesus Christ. If he said it, it is so in the name of Jesus. And it keeps on working. It never stops working. I may not see it, but it's still working. I may not hear about it, but it's still working. Because I will hear about it one day when he will show me, yes, you did what I told you to do. 
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We cannot serve God in flesh. We have to be in the spirit. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Okay. Now we're going to prepare for benediction. Amen. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father, so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts, and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing you in order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you and give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment, by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Tell somebody about Jesus. Amen. <laughs>